The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio at the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba, last week we got a little deeper into the weeds. Uh, but I'm going to lead us uh, farther down that path today as we were talking about saving money and the need to mm-hmm. and how much to have and what the formula was for immediate cash and how to start thinking about possibly investing and all that, that sort of stuff. So let's say that people are saving money and they've gotten to the point where they have three to six months worth of emergency cash set up in a savings account and we're going to save in our 401k or our Roth IRA or whatever vehicle we're going to use. There's a thing called strategic investing Mm -hmm. and a thing called tactical investing. Let's talk about strategic investing. Are we, we going to completely not talk about passive? No, we're probably going to get to that later. Okay. But I want right. to do the thing that's all sexy first. All right. All right? <laughs> got got to lure them in with the sexy Got to sell the sizzle. Huh? That's right. Yeah. So let's talk about strategic investing. Mm-hmm. I come to you as a client and you say, Greg, you're almost 60 years old. Uh, you have this much money saved. You... You seem to have a certain kind of risk tolerance, Mm -hmm. and you put together a plan, right? otherwise known as a strategy. Mm -hmm. Does that include an asset allocation? Yes, it does. Now, what do I mean when I say asset allocation? Well, um, generally speaking, we look at the way uh, different different, um, investments work and what their history has been and how, how they typically react in, in normal environments, market environments, right? Okay. So I say all that, and it's a kind of convoluted way to say um, asset allocation is a way to look at diversification mm-hmm. and to tailor that diversification that would be more consistent with what your risk profile would need. Okay. So if is that, you know, is that fair enough? Yeah. So if I'm a, a, a kind of a middle of the road uh, kind of a say a moderate mm-hmm. investor, and I'm 60 years old, you're probably going to come up with a 60, 65 percent stock and a 30 to 40 percent bond kind of allocation for me. I would say that's that's a pretty standard mix for a moderate for a moderate investor. What if I were I, I, I was moderately aggressive? I'm willing to take a little risk. You're probably going to be anywhere between 75 and 85 percent stock. Okay. All right. All right, if so that's you're an our aggressive strategy. investor. You're going to be 95 to 100 percent stock. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's younger mm-hmm. people or people who are experienced, right. or people who have money to lose, mm-hmm. or people if the if the markets go down, have time for it to rebound. Right. Okay. So let's say that I am that moderate person. It's 60 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's our strategy. Right. 60 40. 
how do you keep me at 60-40? Because not every year uh, our, you know, bonds may out, outperform one year. Right. So now they represent 45% yeah. of my allocation. Or international does better, or, mm-hmm. or large cap value does better, or mm-hmm. cash does better. Okay. You know, there's, uh, there's this mixture there uh, that you come up with for this strategic allocation. Mm-hmm. And of that allocation, you need to rebalance on a regular basis. So that's what it's called, rebalancing. That's right. So you look at it monthly, quarterly, annually, just based um, on what I want to pay you to do? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that uh, in most cases we're going to look on a monthly basis, but probably rebalance on a quarter, quarterly or an annual basis. All right, so that rebalancing looks like this. I started out at 60-40. Mm-hmm. 60% of my money would be in stocks. 40% in cash or bonds or income-related things, right? Mm-hmm. And then a quarter later, international stocks did so much better. And as a percentage of my portfolio, mm-hmm. now all of my my stocks, my, my was 60%, mm-hmm. represents 70% right. of my money. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it gets hard. Yeah. Because I like that. I like that, Bubba. Yeah. I like that mm-hmm. role. I like that it's doing well. I don't want you to take me out of something that's doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. So that I think this is a good differentiation here. Mm-hmm. And in the case that you just gave, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. international stocks or stocks did well. Mm-hmm. Another thing that could throw that allocation out of balance is if something does poorly. Oh, yeah. So what if, in this case, bonds did poorly, Right. therefore making your stock allocation 70% mm-hmm. and your bonds 30%? Mm-hmm. So there's two ways to look at it, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But it, we're going to be out of balance. Yeah. You're out of balance. One way or the other, mm-hmm. probably. Right. Now the decision has to be made to get back into balance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just kind of an automatic decision where you set up a computer to do it. Many, many times um, with, with a lot of investors who have, say, a 401k, for instance, mm-hmm. um, their 401k may offer automatic rebalancing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and or as they're purchasing on a regular basis, their plan may offer for a rebalance when they purchase okay. new investments. Okay. So for some investors, it may happen automatically without them even knowing it. Yeah. Or it may be an option that they get to select. For other investors, it's something that they got to go in and, and manually do. Mm-hmm. And if you manually do it, mm-hmm. whether you do it as the investor or the investment manager or advisor is going to do it, sometimes there's a conversation involved. That's right. So you call me up mm-hmm. and you say, Greg, last quarter, internationals did so much better. And are you wanting to take some off the table so that you can rebalance me? Is that what you're going to tell me? That's correct. So and I, then Greg's going to tell me, but I like the way that, that international performed. Let's let it ride for a while. Yeah. And I say, well, that's you know not consistent with what your risk tolerance is. And the strategy. And the that, strategy that we have employed for you. Mm-hmm. So does... Being a strategic investor and doing it correctly not only require knowledge, but also requires a little bit of patience and self-control mm-hmm. and consistency and and dedication. Right. I didn't know I was going to get into all this psychological yeah. stuff, Bubba, when I brought you my money. 
I, and I'll tell you, and, and this is kind of where the, the boundaries cross a little bit. Mm-hmm. So with a strategic uh, type of allocation, at, at times, you're going to make slight adjustments to that asset allocation based on prevailing market conditions. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, you know, you may see or think that a particular market, like emerging markets, mm-hmm. is undervalued and you might want to overweight Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. So you might go from uh, a two, three percent allocation up to a three or four percent allocation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those are minor adjustments, mm-hmm. but they're strategic in nature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're part of my overall they're strategy. Part of your overall strategy. But you're starting to take me down the road of being tactical, right? So we're going to take a break here at the advisors roundtable and come back while we're still in the weeds and talk about the difference between strategic and tactical investing right here on Supertalk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk Radio. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you. And Bubba, we were talking about having a strategy. So we're going to have this strategy, and I've talked to you, and you're supposed to be the expert, and you've done a little analysis of who I am and what I expect and how much money I have and all of my experiences and risk tolerance and everything. We we come up with this 60-40 mix. We're going to have 60% of my money in stocks, 40% Mm -hmm. of it in uh, bonds or income or cash or whatever over on that side, and uh, we're just going to rebalance it every quarter. That's a good strategy. Yep. And you can kind of set it and forget it sort of thing. For the most part. Okay. But then things change. A pandemic comes along Mm -hmm. or a presidential election or things happen in the emerging markets or something happens with exchange rates. Something happens with interest rates. Something happens with unemployment. Lots of things can inf- affect all this. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to make some changes. Yeah. Where does being tactical come into all of this? I, first, I want to go back and talk about the pandemic mm-hmm. and how this would have uh, would have occurred, say, at the end of the March. Okay. Okay. So the end of March, stock market was in, in the doldrums, right? Oh, yeah. It fell about 30%. 30%. Right. So if you think of it in that regard, if you had a 60-40 mix, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and your your stock portfolio fell by 30%, mm-hmm. well, obviously, that stock portfolio now makes up a smaller portion of your overall portfolio. All right, so let's let's do this with math. Yeah. Let's say I had a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you had sixty percent of it, sixty thousand, right. in a variety of stock positions, right. and I had forty percent of it in cash and or bonds or other mm-hmm. things over on that side. Yep. And the sixty thousand went down by thirty percent. Mm-hmm. So it went down eighteen thousand. Right. So I get my statement at the end of March, and instead of having sixty thousand, I got forty-two thousand. Right. In, in stocks. In stocks. Yep. And the other side over there w- was affected a little bit, but not that much. Not that much. So instead of having a hundred grand, I may be down to having 60 or 70 grand. Right. And 42 of it is now mm-hmm. my stock side. Right. Hmm. What, 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 so in our discussion, we've been talking about rebalancing mm-hmm. and how that would, would work. Yeah. Right? I want to see it work. So in this case, now. you want a 60 40 mix. So you would sell some of your bonds and you would buy more stock at the end of that quarter. 
Um, and in many cases, it would have happened automatically for you because you've got an automatic rebalancing set up on your 401k or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you sell some of your stocks, go in and you buy more or, or sell some of your bonds, go in and buy more stocks, bring in your allocation back to 60-40. Okay. Well, in effect, what did you do? Mm-hmm. You bought some stocks when they were at a 30% discount. Uh, okay. Well, boy, that was hard to do. It was really hard to do. Because. Unless, you, it, unless it happened without you knowing it. Yeah, because over on the bond side mm-hmm. or the cash side, that was the part that hung in there. Mm-hmm. It didn't lose me any, Bubba. Right. And, and I'm loyal to that side that mm-hmm. held me up. Yep. And I want more of that because this over mm-hmm. here on this other side going from sixty to 42000 yep. mm-hmm. that hurt. Right. And you're telling me you want to sell some of the good guys? Yeah. And buy some over here on the risky side? That's right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now your overall account balance is, what, eighty, eighty-two thousand dollars $82,000 after that, and you rebalance. Mm-hmm. You do a 60-40 split mm-hmm. uh, into stocks. Uh, and, and over the last quarter, it's been a good quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in some cases... 16 to 20% return or more, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And just in the general market, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you bought low into the market, and now you're you're at the end of this quarter. Uh, which is to, uh, tomorrow. Well, today's Today. the end of the quarter. Yeah, that's yeah. right, right. Today's right. the end of the quarter. Right. So right. Your, your stock allocation maybe has done well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And probably makes up. Uh, you know, I'd have to run the math real quick, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some numbers up here. Let's say that it's uh, now a 70-30 split. Yeah. Cause it's because pr- your stocks have done really well this quarter. They have. Well, they what have. do you do at the end of this quarter? Well, you're going to sell some of the stocks. Oh, Bubba, don't make me do it again. Yeah. And you're going to buy some oh. of the bonds oh. to bring you back into to the allocation that it was di- designed for you to begin with. You know, this is a lot of lot of thinking. It's a whole lot of thinking. And it's a whole yeah. lot of emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good idea that a lot of us have this just done automatically for Absolutely us. Absolutely it is. Because a lot of us would talk ourselves out of well, it. Well, back in, in, in March, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. would you have gone in and bought more stock? Very few people would. Very few few people would have. Because you turn on the television, you know, mm-hmm. the, the S&P's down 30% yeah. and mm-hmm. blah, 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 companies probably on the verge of bankruptcy right. and nobody will ever get on another airline. Mm-hmm. I'm, my goodness. Right. And so it would have been really hard to have had a good attitude about mm-hmm. that. And this will determine whether I had a good attitude about it or not, whether I want to put some of my money there. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. But you're telling me that a lot of people had this done automatically for them to stay mm-hmm. as part of their strategy. That's correct. All right. But doing some of that was kind of part of the tactics right. of the strategy, mm-hmm. right? So you did a little bit of tactical investing for me too, right? Right. right? Um, there, There's a difference between just having a strategy mm-hmm. and also being aware and taking advantage of opportunity. Right. Do you think many people see the nuances there and understand the difference? I think once it's explained to them, they do. Okay. And it may need, you know, a couple of explanations to make that occur, but I think once it's explained, they, they get it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in our case, we're talking about strategic 
allocation. Mm -hmm. We came up with this hypothetical 60-40 mix. We Mm -hmm. talked about rebalancing, Mm -hmm. how that would work and occur, and how Mm -hmm. you might make minor adjustments to that you know, strategic allocation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we get into tactical allocations, Mm -hmm. that's when we're we're looking at, um, I want to say, very concentrated positions. Okay. Um, where you think or the investment manager thinks that uh, that particular sector Mm. of the economy is going to do well and outperform other sectors. So at this particular time where we've lived through a pandemic and we've 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 had you know a number of issues going on in our society and we're getting close to a presidential election we talked last week about the fact that even in challenge there's opportunity mm-hmm. right there are probably some opportunities at this time mm-hmm. um technology right probably an opportunity i mean people are zooming a whole lot more than they ever did yes they are there's are some people who know how to zoom now that never did um there may be some opportunities in there. So you're saying that as part of my strategy, you can tactically help me concentrate. That's right. And say, instead of just having 60% of all markets, I'm going to take that 60% that is in markets and take 10% of it mm-hmm. and put it over in this sector. Right. Um, very, very many people do that, or they they think you're doing it, or they just want to stay with the general overall strategy and don't want to concentrate. What what do you? I would say some people are doing it and don't even know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, you know they they might be they might have purchased the mutual fund of the month mm-hmm. ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it performed well, or their brother-in-law said that it was a great fund, or or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And it may be a tactical fund, oh. meaning that it has high turnover and they go in and out of sectors and in and out of stocks and that sort of thing on a very regular and consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they may be a tactical investor or may have a tactical fund without them even knowing that they have it. Yeah. And, now, I'm not, and I'm not saying anything is wrong no, with that. No. I think in, in many cases, tactical investing makes a lot of sense. Right. Right. Taking advantage of opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, seeing things that may be happening or a little bit before they happen, uh, understanding what's happening in the general economy or in the world right. uh, can probably help you um, decide where to put some of your money. Well, we're going to take a break here at the Advisors Roundtable while we're talking about strategic and tactical and bring you back and get deeper into this tactical analysis here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about this strategic investing, and then you tell me there's a possibility I may need to get involved a little bit in tactical investing within that from time to mm-hmm. time because there are some things that could happen that could give me some opportunity within my investment world. My, I want to ask practically. What does this look like tax-wise for me? 
If I hand you a hundred thousand dollars and I, we agree on a sixty forty split, and that's my strategy, but inside there maybe some tactical things need to happen, or mm-hmm. you need to rebalance when the market goes down or the market goes up on either side of the scale. What does that do for my tax reporting and maybe my tax liability? Okay, so th- this is kind of a three-part answer. Because mm-hmm. it was probably a 12-part question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So three-part <laughs> answer. And I, I first need – so we described tactical investing as um, a more active way to manage investments and take advantage of volatility in the market or trends or, or whatever. Or maybe save me money from time to or time. Or maybe save you money. Okay. You know, um, selling one investment, moving to cash or mm-hmm. moving to bonds, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in order to, to fully explain this answer, I need to also explain passive investing. Okay. So passive investing would be uh, you buy a stock, Caterpillar, Walmart, or you buy a mutual fund, mm-hmm. uh, probably more than likely a stock or an ETF, though, mm-hmm. and you purchase that and you own it. And you're going to own it for a long, long time. Uh, and I set it and forget it and mm-hmm. never think about it again. Right. I don't buy any more of it. I don't sell any of it. I just let it do what it does. You buy Coca-Cola stock because they drank that at the last supper and you're going <laughs> to hold on to it forever, right? There you go. And it pays a dividend and that's what you want. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. Many people do that. Right. All right. So. And that's you, passive because I just bought it and didn't do anything else. That's right. Okay. Right. right. And, and you know, for some individuals, it, it's, it's fine to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're well enough diversified. Mm. Okay. Okay. But if, if you've got, you know, all of your investments in one particular stock, mm-hmm. that's not really diversification. <laughs> no. At it, all. It, it, right? It's not. It's not. So your question was tax related. Mm-hmm. How do these different strategies, if you will, affect mm-hmm. you tax wise? Because we talked about three approaches. Mm-hmm. Strategic, right. tactical, mm-hmm. and passive. Right. And each one of them could have a tax yeah. r- mm-hmm. effect on me. Right. Okay. So let's start with the passive because I think that's the most uh, easiest one to, to understand. So I bought 1,000 shares of XYZ stock. Right. Okay. And, and it pays a 2% dividend. Right. At okay. the end of the year, um, you know, you've got a, a twenty uh, $2,000 because we got a $100,000 investment, right? All right. A $2,000 uh, dividend, dividend that right. has come in right. that's going to be taxable to you. as Just like regular income. Just like regular income. It's like ordinary income. Mm-hmm. So it was like I made a bonus down at the, at the plant. Right. Of an extra mm-hmm. $2,000. And if I'm in the 20% tax mm-hmm. bracket... That's going to cost me roughly four hundred bucks. That's right. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. Pretty straightforward and easy. You got a dividend. You mm-hmm. pay your tax on it. You go about your way. And you do that on a yearly basis. On a yearly basis. If it's in a non-retirement yeah. uh, account. Say, okay. for instance, that you needed to go out and had to have that new four wheeler this year, and you had to sell a number of shares in order to get that. Uh, okay. So I sold ten thousand dollars worth of what mm-hmm. my XYZ stock. Right. I have ninety thousand in theory left. Right. Uh, and there, there may have been a gain or a loss on that stock. Oh. So, you know, let's say that you put in, um, a hundred thousand dollars and at the end of the year, you've gotten $2,000 worth of dividend mm-hmm. and $10,000 worth of gain. Okay. So right. I've got $112,000 in the account if I didn't 000, take the dividend right? home. Okay. You right. sell a little bit of stock so that you can go buy this four wheeler. Mm-hmm. You're going to owe a capital gain on that stock. If I've owned it more than a 
a year, year and a day. Uh, a day, I owe a lower rate mm-hmm. than if I owned it less than a year, it goes in there with the dividends. That's right. And I pay ordinary income tax. Correct. All right. So I need a CPA, probably. <laughs> probably so. And that's just passive. All right. So that's passive. Now we're going to go back to strategic. Mm-hmm. Which I what what I would refer to is probably middle of the road. Okay, you know you're going to more than likely rebalance your account on a quarterly or annual or semi-annual basis. Mm-hmm. It's going to be um, I don't want to say minor changes, but um, uh, less changes than what tactical would be. Right, because tactical I could be buying and selling every day. Right. Okay. Right. All right. But on a strategic allocation uh, and you rebalance your account, you're going to sell a little bit of this fund or sell a little bit of these stocks and then buy some other stocks. Mm-hmm. You may have long-term or short-term gains on those. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, you, you don't have uh, what I would refer to as 100% turnover in the portfolio. All right. Okay? Okay. Uh, meaning that you're still going to own a number of your existing holdings or funds or stocks or whatever you have. Mm-hmm. You're only going to sell a portion of those to rebalance and, and buy the other things that you need to. Okay. okay. All right. So at the end of the year, you're going to, or somebody's going to send me a statement and mm-hmm. it's going to have uh, what I, what was bought and what was sold and what was rebalanced and what tax ramification yep. that has on a short-term basis and a long-term basis right. and ordinary mm-hmm. income. That's going to be on this report kind That's of right. thing. And I'm going to get that at mm-hmm. the end of the year. Right. Now, a, a tactical allocation mm-hmm. is what I would so, uh, say could be uh, what would be perceived as the most uh, uh, tax um, tax disadvantaged way to invest. Because mm-hmm. there are going to be more transactions. There's going to be a lot more transactions. Okay. I mean, you, you could look at it. I mean, these types of strategies could trade two, three, four times a month mm-hmm. or more, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Many of them that I'm thinking of probably trade at least on a monthly basis, sometimes twice a month. Okay. All right. They're momentum driven. They're looking for a cer- certain sector in the economy or, or whatever their models show or dictate, uh, say, where momentum's going, and that's, that's what they're going to do. Okay. Or if they see, you know, trouble on the horizon, they may sell out of everything and go to cash. Mm. Mm. So if you look at that from a transactional basis on this hypothetical $100,000 account, Mm -hmm. you could theoretically have a million dollars worth of buys and sell throughout the year. On $100,000? On $100,000. All right. And that seems kind of wild and crazy, right? Okay. So um, let's just say that you had... 10, 10 investments in this particular tactical investment. Okay. And at the end of the month, the model says, well, you need to sell all of these investments and go into cash. Okay. And then halfway through the next month, it says, all right, things have changed. We need to sell all the cash and then go into, um, you know, another, a, another set of these 10 uh, ETFs that we've chosen. Okay. Right. All right, so if I start with 100, and, and we're very yeah. much oversimplifying here, yeah. but I want under, yeah. people to get a grasp of this. I start with $100,000 worth of 10 investments. Mm-hmm. If for some reason the manager thinks we need to go all of cash, he right. did $100,000 worth of transactions mm-hmm. if there haven't been any gains or losses. We're just yeah. making the math easy. That's $100,000 yeah. worth of transactions. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, 
things look better or a, a different opportunities. Right. And he puts another hundred, he puts that hundred back in. Right. Technically, he's done a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of transactions. He's done three hundred thousand dollars worth of transactions with my one hundred thousand. Your hundred thousand dollars. So at the end of the year, I could possibly get a, a statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That says a million dollars was transacted. That's correct. Because he went in and out. Mm-hmm. What I asked him or her to do. Right. But they were in and out and doing mm-hmm. this tactical thing yeah. and looking for opportunities and getting in mm-hmm. and selling and, and tax loss harvesting sometimes when there's a gain right. and sometimes when there's a loss and so they can do these transactions so that they cancel each other out. I mean, it gets really technical, right? Sure. sure but we've had people get to the end of the year mm-hmm. and they get their statement. And they say, how did you do a million dollars worth of transactions? And mm-hmm. I only handed you 100000 Right. Where's my other 900 grand? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> H- haven't they asked that? They have asked that. Because they don't really grasp mm-hmm. what's going on in there. But it's what they asked for in the beginning. That's correct. But they really didn't. S- mm-hmm. you, you have to see this sometimes, don't mm-hmm. you? You have to live it. You know, I can tell you all day long about how to change a diaper. Huh? Uh, I, we can take a, a little baby doll here, right. put it out here on, you know, and I can show you how to do it and how to mm-hmm. clean and how to go up or back or down right. or sideways or whatever right. you're supposed to, to be the most cleanly. Mm-hmm. I can tell you all that, but dude, until you've done it. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh? You ain't lived until you've done it on a yeah. real human. Right. Same thing is true for this investing world, isn't mm-hmm. it? You think sometimes, well, I think probably all the time, people are surprised a little bit by this if they're a novice. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, and so getting on with the tax discussion here, mm. um, I think this is where, where two industries might kind of uh, diverge a little bit. Okay. All right. So when you go to a financial advisor, I would say that one of the primary goals that they have when it comes to your investments is to protect your investments in such a way that Mm. you don't lose anything. Right. Right. And or make you as much money as possible with the appropriate level of risk. I'd say the majority of the people that I'm in in a meeting with, the majority of them want me to help them grow their wealth. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say the majority of folks, and I say, say this kind of jokingly, uh, would come in and say that there's two rules. Number one, don't lose my money. And number two, don't lose my money. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 But they could have done that themselves mm-hmm. in the extreme by sticking it in a mason jar. Right. So they come to you because they kind of have those rules, but they also want you to grow it. They want you to grow it, and they understand that there's risk there, and they want to accept that risk in order to grow their money. Okay, so that's that's what they tell right. you is, mm-hmm. are your marching orders, right? You know, where um, so th- this is where the other industry I'm about to talk about may converge a little bit here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say uh, the tax preparation industry, CPAs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that they have it in their mind, and I'm going to overgeneralize here because not mm-hmm. everybody does this, but mm-hmm. you know, many CPAs think that their number one priority is to save you in tax. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of times when I go to get my yeah. taxes done, and I that's want them. kind of what I want, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I want them to save me in tax. Right. However, um, when you're trying to make the most money that you can. Uh, I see where you're going. Here. It might not be the same 
way to save you as much tax as possible. Because so there, there may be times at which where you, you incur gains uh-huh. or incur dividends, et cetera, et cetera, with your investment portfolio. Right. Um, and you owe some tax on that. Right. But is owing tax on a gain a better thing. than not owing tax on a loss? There you go. Right? There you go. Yeah. That's a really good. So thing. there's a, you know there's a delicate balance, and and I think with many clients we try to uh, to to do um, tax preparation and tax planning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we look at their investments, we don't want the tax tail to wag the dog. Right. But we we definitely um, you know use aware. it as a guide sometimes yeah. and say hey you know what with this particular investment if we sell all of it this year there's going to be this gain mm. maybe we back off of that and maybe wait till the next tax year mm. to do something else right right there can be a str- strategy a strategy uh, related yeah. to taxes yeah. as there's a strategy mm-hmm. related to my investing right and maybe they ought to marry. Mm-hmm. They ought to be, you know, part of the same uh, whole holistic strategy as, as as we look at it. It's a good thing to think about as we go up against another break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about what your uh, particular allocation ought to look like. Are you strategic or are you tactical here on the Advisors Roundtable? Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you on uh, Super Talk Radio. It's always great to be with you, and we want to say just for a moment here how grateful we are to Super Talk for opening up uh, the Tupelo market for us. Yeah. And also to some uh, additional sponsors that have come mm-hmm. along. So uh, that's, a, uh, I guess, an indication of growth. It is. And uh, we here at the Advisors Roundtable appreciate that. So, Bubba, we're talking about this strategic and tactical and passive investing on a percentage basis. If you look at your entire book of clients, Mm -hmm. on a percentage basis, how many of them do you think are passive investors? They just bought it, and they're not doing anything with it, and only change it when they need to sell something. I I would say probably 20 to 25%. Okay. Then strategic? Probably 65%. And then the other 15 to 20%. Yeah. Are the other 10 to 15%, <clears throat> I think, are probably are tactical. tactical. Yeah. All right. How which, is it? which may beg the question, right? Yeah. Which one's right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe all of them could be right. Hmm. I think there are times when you can buy investments and hold those investments, and there's, if there's no reason to sell those, mm-hmm. then then don't sell them. Okay. You know? I mean... You kind of do that with your real estate, don't yeah. you? With you your know, house? You, you buy timber land, you buy a house, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to hold on to it for a number of years, more than likely. Right. And then if there's a, an opportunity at some point to maybe harvest some income off of it, some mm. dividends, maybe mm-hmm. you, you sell some trees, mm-hmm. you rent out the land, you get some dividends off mm-hmm. the land that way, mm-hmm. right, for a farmer to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you start renting out your house on Airbnb mm-hmm. if you own mm-hmm. a rental property, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or you own some apartments. So, mm-hmm. that you know, that's one way to do that. Okay. Um, strategic, I think, makes up the the largest amount uh of i guess strategies the way that that our investors and mm-hmm. clients work right right and i think that for um 
the bulk of individuals, that's probably going to be the most efficient way to manage their investments as well as help manage their risk profile and tolerance associated with their investments. And when you say efficient, you're also thinking about costs? I'm thinking about cost. I'm thinking about tax implications. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole lot that goes into that, mm-hmm. um, excluding investment selection you know, being a major component, there's a lot more that goes into uh, being a strategic investor and how you, you determine a portfolio for an individual. All right. So if I'm listening out there, I'm driving down the highway and I'm in between appointments and yeah. listening to the advisors roundtable and I hear Greg and Bubba talk about this. How do I decide which I need to be passive, strategic tact- or, or tactical? Right. Um, I, th- I think, um, all right, so I'm going to give a plug for financial advisors here. Yeah. And I think uh, having a good, competent financial advisor who can talk to you about your prior experience mm-hmm. and what would be appropriate for you is, is going to be the best option on whether or not you need tactical, strategic, passive types of investments. Okay. And like I said before, there are um, there are times when you may need one or all three at the same time. Right. Um, yeah. I know personally <laughs> with my own investments, I have all three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are uh, yeah. a couple of passive investments, <laughs> maybe in some stocks that I own that – yeah. That, that I bought and I'm going to hold on to for a long time because I, I see a, a long-term mm-hmm. hold for those. Our our farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's considered to be a passive investment Correct. for you and me. Yeah. Uh, for a number of my investments, I would say that they're strategic. Mm-hmm. I'm rebalancing on a quarterly basis and, and doing things uh, in a very similar fashion to what most of our clients are doing. Mm-hmm. And then for, for other investments that I've got, uh, I use a tactical approach mm-hmm. because uh, there are times at which I see um, uh, opportunities in all three yeah. ways to invest your money. Yeah, yeah. because w- we spoke a minute ago mm-hmm. about how back in March and April when the market was down, there may have been some opportunities in there, mm-hmm. some things were less expensive. You and I made a decision to fund our retirement accounts. That's right. At that time, mm-hmm. it was a timing thing, but also in my individual investment, mm-hmm. I called up the manager and said, hey, I want a little more of this and a little more of this right. and a little more of this because mm-hmm. I'm putting a chunk in. Right. And I just think those particular sectors, mm-hmm. those particular investments, those asset allocation uh, thoughts at that time made more sense for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I think that we could all have a combination of those. Um if someone were to ask me that question, you know, Greg, how do I decide between strategic and tactical and passive? Uh, because all of them kind of sound like they could be the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say when you're walking past a drugstore, how do you know which one of those drugs in there is what you need? Mm-hmm. You know, well, hopefully you got a good doctor to help you make the right. diagnosis mm-hmm. and come up with the idea but you know sometimes you got a a a case of the gout Mm -hmm. well then you probably don't need a whole lot of decongestant yeah huh Mm -hmm. you probably need a specific kind of medicine that's there for that at that time Uh, along the lines of this analogy you know Mm -hmm. you you talked about a a good doctor knowing Mm -hmm. uh what to prescribe you Mm mm-hmm 
it's also good for that doctor to know what other doctors have prescribed you as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could mix up some of those drugs and, and not know it, you know, and get uh-huh. one from one pharmacy and one from the other. And, you know, there you are, six feet under. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. uh, to a certain extent, the practice mm-hmm. of medicine is almost like a big chemistry experiment right. that some doctor has on my mm-hmm. body. So we talk about a financial advisor and a good financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think during the discovery process, it's important for any client to disclose everything that they own. Good point. Um, and, and, you know, uh, like with many of our clients, we know that they've got other assets elsewhere. And mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's okay. As long mm-hmm. as we can take that into our models and consideration when we're making investments, mm-hmm. we're going to do so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And quite actually, that can be time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Right? It can be. Very time-consuming. Because you're going to ask me a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it, part of the, the result you get from asking me a question mm-hmm. is, yes, the words I give you back, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's the, the look on my right. face. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the body yeah. language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think that it's, it, it, it's time well spent. And it could be the difference between sitting on the beach, you know, kick back, relaxing, or pushing up daisies, right? <laughs> yeah, especially when you're yeah. talking to a doctor. Sure. You know, and, and the same thing is true about your money. Uh, full disclosure, uh, full communication will help you decide whether tactical, strategic, mm-hmm. passive, combination of all of them actually works for you. And along the way, we're taking into consideration the, the tax ramifications, what your intent is for the money. It may not be just for your retirement. Maybe you've got retirement covered by a pension. Mm-hmm. And maybe the extra money you have, you want to live, leave to the next generation. Well, then that tells me maybe we had a longer time horizon. Right. A lot goes into this, right? Sure does. Yeah. Um, you ever have people when you're talking to them and you're trying to schedule an hour and they're like, an hour? Yeah. A whole hour? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to yeah. talk about? Oh. Yeah. Just when wait. I, <laughs> when I finish with mm-hmm. you at the end of an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you may need to go take some mm-hmm. kind of medication. Right. But it's probably worth it. It so, is. So I, I, I'm encouraging people to understand these things, but also be ready uh, to put in the time so they can make the right decision. Here at the Advisors Roundtable, it's always good to have these discussions with you on Super Talk Radio. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.